Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the PBL Project Blitz. Uh, today we're here with Brittany Pasco, who is a uh, third grade teacher at Southport Elementary School. Brittany and her classes did a project called Spin for Miles for Myeloma, where they worked with an organization that already exists in an event that has already taken place and worked to revamp it, get the community involved. Um, this was a project that was really close to home for them, and Brittany will talk about why. So enjoy this episode. If you like the music you're hearing on our podcast, this is a band called Attaboy. The song is called Waking Up. You can find a link to their Spotify profile on our show notes. Welcome to the PBL Playbook, brought to you by Magnify Learning, where we equip teachers with project-based learning tools today so they can engage and empower their students for the future. This podcast will give you the playbook of real PBL facilitators in the classroom, just like you, and help bring you strategies and tools for your PBL game. Now, here are your PBL Playbook hosts, Josh and Andrea. Gotta find a better way. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of the PBL Project Blitz. We're here with Brittany Pasco, who is a third grade teacher at Southport Elementary School. Brittany, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and talk about uh, your PBL background? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I've been um, in the PBL world for um, two years now, and um, we got started with PBL when we got a new administrator in our building, and he asked if anyone wanted to jump on board to this new adventure, and I said, sure, and we went through the training, and um, we brought PBL back to our classrooms as like a core team, and I just fell in love with it right away. I feel like my students embraced it. I embraced it. My co-teacher embraced it, and I just saw an immediate change in my kids, so I just dove all in with both feet and um, it became the core of my classroom and then I got connected with Magnify Learning and I became a facilitator for them and I went through the PBL certification process and so I'm PBL certified and um, I facilitate with them and we're actually getting ready to launch virtual PBL facilitating so I'm excited for that as well. Awesome. Uh, and I know, you know, I, I've had a chance that for those of you who've listened to some of our past episodes, um, the administrator she's referring to is Jeff Spencer, who's been on our show before. Um, and, and Jeff and, and everyone at Southport Elementary is doing a really good job. So Brittany, tell us a little bit about uh, the project that you've done. Um, share with our listeners some of the, the standards you covered, the driving question, how you maybe launched the project and, and kind of what, what the uh, end result was for your students. Yeah, so um, after being on the core team of PBL, we expanded it for our whole grade level and not just the teachers who volunteered in the beginning. And one of the third grade teachers has a family member who has multiple myeloma, which is a rare type of cancer. 
and her husband rides in a fundraiser for them called M for M, which is Miles for Myeloma every year. And um, the M for M um, coordinators, they reached out to us and asked us if we could use our PBL platform to kind of revamp a bike-a-thon that they've been doing. It kind of fizzled out through the years, and so they wanted to put a fresh spin on it. Um, so the injury event was the M for M um, coordinators. They came to our school and presented to the kids. They kind of gave them a little bit of background about what multiple myeloma is, and they showed them some really cool bikes that real bike riders ride. And um, they challenged the kids to create this event that would not only spread awareness for multiple myeloma, but could raise money that would be donated for cancer research. And the money was going to the IU Cancer Center. Obviously something that was, was pretty close to home. So how did the students react to the different pieces and um, how did they go about trying to solve this problem? So the first thing we did was we really um, reached out and tried to give them resources to research and hit some of those language arts standards and figure out what multiple myeloma is. And when you're talking about cancer and types of things where, where people die, like it can be really sensitive. So we really approached it with a lot of children's books as our core text and um, Sesame Street videos, like they have some little clips and things like that. So, cause it is emotional. So we really tried to handle it with care and we based it on a lot of our language arts, our research standards and literacy standards using nonfiction text. They developed a lot of need to knows and they really, they, they really wanted to know like, how do people get better? How can we help them? What can we do to make them happy when they're going through treatment? And it was um, really, really inspiring to just watch their little minds work. And they came up with our whole event um, for the end of the project, which was the huge um, stationary bike-a-thon. Um, it was inspired by like the real bike ride that the Infram Foundation hosts. Yeah, that, <clears throat> I, you know, I, as a high school uh, facilitator and counselor, I, I don't always get to see the work with, with young students, but I'm always blown away when I hear about projects or I get to go into an elementary school classroom at how, how much empathy um, is being built. And this, this project seems to be like right up that alley, like kids being able to understand what it, what it feels like to know someone or have connection to someone who's suffering. Um, and then the desire to, to help, to change. You know, we don't always see that in adults and, and older kids. Um, because some of the reality of of just how hard it is to cure cancer kind of sets in, but for for young kids, they're they're willing to do anything and everything to to try to make it happen, even if they don't know necessarily. Like, you know, the odds are are sometimes stacked against them. So um, it's awesome to hear that they they were able to take to that project. So talk a little bit about the impact that it had on you and and your development as a PBL facilitator. Um, you know, why is this a project that you chose to share with us and and um, what did it do for you in terms of developing your PBL um, framework? Um, it was really exciting for me to take it from just like a group of two teachers working together to a group of five because we all know like the more brains that get involved in a PBL unit, the better it becomes. And I think it was really successful because all five teachers on the team really worked together to make it happen. And um, just as we teach our students like to identify your strengths and use them to make things better, we were able to do that as a team of adults. 
And, um, you know, I know like the person who brought the project to us, she was really emotionally involved in it and wanted it to be this amazing event. And then we have another teacher on the team who is just really great with like numbers and those technical pieces, like the waiver forms and how do we like do this safely without um, violating any of like our township rules and how do we handle the money. So having her be part of that, it was really um, great because it helped me like now, like when I go in the future, I kind of have a little bit of background with like that logistic piece, which is not my personal strength. And then we have someone else's strength is reaching out to all those community partners and watching them work their magic with getting um, people to donate their time or their resources. So to just watch all of us work together as a team of adults, I think it really pushed me to the next level as an adult and a facilitator and like that lifelong learner that I have become through PBO. That's awesome. And I think, um, you know, I've seen articles before that talk about not teaching on an island and you know especially through pbl we try to um encourage kids to collaborate and we try to give them those skills and i think sometimes with teaching we don't always model that and so i think that is so important for kids to see us working together but to collaborate ourselves and use like you said you know five brains are better than four than three than two so um i think that's that's awesome from the the facilitator standpoint as well. Um, so there are a lot of pieces that went into this project. What, how did you see the community impact? Um, what was the response from your community partners and, and the people in the community that, that participated? So this project was supposed to just be this like teeny tiny little thing, like let's just dive in as a whole team and not do anything overwhelming. <laughs> but with the way PBL goes sometimes, people were so moved by what we were doing, they just wanted to get involved. So we actually uh, had patients who were um, going through the treatment of multiple myeloma come in and interview with our kids. So the kids got to um, do speaking and listening standards, which is huge for our school since we have a big EL population. And the kids wrote interview questions and interviewed actual real life patients and their families to really gain that empathy and the need for this money. And so to see patients willing to come forward and be part of it was really exciting. Um, one of the best doctors that's researching multiple myeloma in the country flew in from out of state to come to our events and he rode bikes in his suit with the kids and um, it was really exciting. Um, we had a local newspaper come in and write up an article about what we were doing and they put the time of our bike-a-thon in the article so we could just have any random community community member come in and ride and donate their money um we had a local caterer donate bottles of water so we could hand out water to people we had other fundraisers that partner with multiple myeloma and m for m we had them come in and ride and support our fundraiser, even though they're trying to do their own fundraiser. Um, yeah, it was just, it was amazing to see how much the community just wanted to jump in and be part of it. It was exciting. Yeah, I, I think that's one of my favorite parts about PBL is as soon as you start connecting with some community partners, like that network can just grow and before you know it, and sometimes this can be stressful as a teacher and as a facilitator, but before you know it, you've got people who just are itching to be part of it. And I think, you know, the, the magic of PBL when you involve authentic 
um, community partners and authentic problems is that you can get so many people are willing to support education and be part of it. And, and now, even as we think about like what this looks like in a virtual setting, like the access to people on zoom and on Google meet and all these platforms where you can do video call-ins um, it's just, it's increased. So that's really cool to hear. Uh, so knowing that it might be really hard to make it better um, because it sounds like it went really, really well. If you're thinking about kind of going through and, and doing this project again, what types of changes might you make or what things might you do in the future to, to just improve or change the project? Yeah. So we were actually talking about some ways that we could do it again and, and do it better. Um, when it came to the actual event, it's a huge bikeathon. We had five stationary bikes set up in the front, and then the kids were had their stations set up around the gym where they could do a carousel protocol and people could visit each station. And we had a DJ that was playing music to keep energy going. And I think the one thing that kind of got away was the kids' presentation piece. Um, it was really exciting, and we raised a lot of money for the foundation, which was our overall goal. But as far as the kids getting to present their research and everything they learned, by the end, it was a really long day, and the kids that were kind of in that last group of presentations were kind of over it and not wanting to present because they didn't want to leave like the fun piece of it. So if we could do it again, that would be a little tweak we would make is making sure the kids are actually doing the presentation piece a little bit better. Um, we have talked about in this virtual world, I've seen on social media people running virtual like 5Ks and minis and um, they get their bibs in the mail and they're still doing it and tracking it on their own. So we were talking about it might be a really cool possibility to do some kind of virtual bike-a-thon where People still make their donations, but they like film themselves riding a bike, whether it's their kid bike or a real bike that you race with um, and still be able to support that really awesome foundation. I think this is a project that um, is, you know, going to be super valuable for a long time and can impact a lot of kids and, and can grow and continue to impact your community. Um, and you guys at, at Southport Elementary do some incredible work. We, um, heard a project from Brittany Tinkler um, a couple of episodes ago. So listeners, if you haven't heard that one, definitely go check that out. Um, so, you know, from someone who has gone through several of the levels of this PBL process, you're a facilitator now, and so you've had some of that experience. Um, do you have any pieces of advice for our listeners as they're, um, you know, jumping into a PBL journey or, or maybe they're getting to the level where you are? Um. My advice would be trust the process. I mean, everything that we've done, we always talk about our really great successful pieces, but we've had a lot of failures along the way too. We've had lessons that we thought were going to go so great and they flopped. We've had community partners come in that have never worked with children before. So they didn't know what to expect and they didn't always have that like great plan that we as teachers put together to make sure every kid is busy all the time. So um, we had to jump in and support them and just remember that sometimes when you're working with people who don't work with kids that like give them some grace because they don't always know how occupied you have to have every single child, especially on the elementary level. So I would just say trust the process and lean into your team because doing it on your own is definitely harder than doing it as a team and just reach out. Our administrators are great. So we bring them into our team. We take a lot of feedback. So just 
and then when you fail, we, we reflect on every project. We talk about what went well, what could have went better. Is there anything we would completely take away? Is there anything we wanted to add in for the next year? So just trust the process and really just do what you expect your kids to do and learn from your failures. Awesome. That's some really great advice. And, and I think, you know, whether you're an administrator or a teacher, I think being able to work together uh, to, to make a, a high quality project-based learning unit happen um, and, and to make that change, it's worth it. So Brittany, thanks so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm always excited to talk about the great things we do with PBL and hopefully inspire someone to jump in. Ready, break. Thanks again for joining Josh and Andrea for the PBL Playbook, where we give you the playbook of real PBL facilitators in the classroom just like you and help bring you strategies and tools for your PBL game. If you want to reach the pod, you can tweet at AskGIEBS, at MissB103, and at MagnifyLearning. Or you can email the PBL Playbook at MagnifyLearningN.org with any questions, thoughts, or ideas you have. Also be sure to show Josh and Andrea some PBL love by rating, reviewing, and sharing the PBL Playbook with other educators. Yeah.